Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for seeing us safely through another week. Thank you, Lord, for this Sabbath hours that we're in. And as we come to study your word right now, Lord, I ask for your presence. I ask for the blessing of the Holy Spirit who inspired these pages of scripture that we're about to read from. I pray, Lord, that he would illumine our hearts and minds. Help us to understand what faith is. Help us to understand how to live by faith. And as we learn from the triumphs and even the mistakes of those before us, I pray, Lord, that you'd strengthen our faith this evening. So, Lord, please guide us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, and we are reading from verse 20. We're going systematically through verse by verse the different characters. And look, we could spend a lot of time on Isaac. We could even spend a lot of time on his sons, whom is mentioned here as well. But unfortunately, we're just skimming and looking at the different circumstances surrounding each text based upon the faith that is mentioned there. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 20, the Bible says this, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. So we really have three characters here to look at this evening. We have Isaac, and then we also have to look at the story of Jacob and Esau. And so we're not looking at the early life of Isaac. In fact, we don't really know much about it um, except the, the, the circumstances surrounding how he got together with his wife. But here it's to do with Isaac and his two sons, Jacob and Esau. So I'm going to invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis 25. We're looking at the faith of Isaac, but in order to understand this and how he blesses Jacob and Esau, we got to look at their circumstance, starting with the circumstance surrounding their birth. Genesis 25, starting in verse 21. Genesis 25, verse 21. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in the womb. So Jacob and Esau, they are twins. But what do we understand about this birth? Let's continue in verse 25. And the first came out red, all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob, and Isaac was threescore years old when he bare them. So Esau was the older of the twins. He was the older of the two brothers, and they named Jacob as such because he grabbed onto his brother's heel while he was coming out. And Jacob is actually not a good meaning. Look, Jacob eventually becomes Israel, but the name Jacob is actually not a good meaning for that name. So, you know, that's how they named them back then. So, look, by right, Esau, he was the oldest, meaning he had the right to the father's um, inheritance. It was called the birthright, okay? So, 
the birthright would go to the oldest and all the father's blessings would fall upon that oldest one. He was basically inheriting everything, but also there were spiritual blessings that were attached to it. You see, back then there was no such thing as a sanctuary. There was no such thing as priests. And so really the oldest would become the priest. The oldest in the family would become the priest of the whole house and intercede on behalf of the whole house. Just like we saw or see in the book of Job chapter 1 when he intercedes for his children every single day. So there would be spiritual blessings that would be contained in this birthright as well. Now, how did Esau look at his birthright? I understand that some of these things are maybe a repeat to some of you, but for the benefit of those that I don't know out there, I want to go through this story in great detail. Genesis 25, 29. So they're older already. It jumps from their birth right up to when they're older, and they're having a conversation between each other, the brothers. Genesis 25, 29. The Bible says this, And Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with the same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I'm at the point to die. What profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. So Esau sells his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of lentils. And the Bible goes so far to say that he despised his birthright. It was worthless to him, at least at that point. You know, how many of us have made rash decisions, emotional decisions based upon a circumstance that sometimes stands right before us? You know, we don't think of the future. We just think of the present. And many of us, we do this even with our appetites, even today. You know, we, we sell and we mortgage our futures based upon short-term pleasure. This is exactly what Esau did. He despised his birthright. He sold his birthright. He didn't care about it. But we will see that he actually did to a great deal later on. Let's jump over to Genesis 27. By this time, Isaac the father is an old man. He cannot see very well and he knows that his days are numbered. And so he wants to bless his sons, especially Esau, who was his favorite. And then Jacob will be the favorite of his mother. But he wanted to bless and hand on the birthright to Esau. Genesis 27, starting in verse 1. This is what the Bible says. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son and said unto him, My son, and he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold now, I am old, I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison, and make me savory meat such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee, before I die. So Isaac calls out to Esau and he wants him to make him a special meal, his favorite meal probably, 
But after that, he would bless him and hand on the birthright to him. And of course, what happens? Verse 5, And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau, his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob, her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat, and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. So Rebekah hears what Isaac is going to do. And he wants to bless his son, his favorite. Rebekah wants the blessing to rest upon Jacob. And so she tells Jacob, listen to me. Listen to my voice. You know, just as we studied before, this is about now three weeks ago, the faith of Jacob, uh, Abraham part one, when he listened to who? His wife over God's word. And here we see the same case, the challenge of faith, God's word versus man's word. What God says versus what man says. Remember, the promise from God was this, the older would serve the younger. But here we have two parents playing favorites upon their sons, which caused division. But now Jacob's mother is saying what? Jacob, listen to me. To do what? Verse 9, Go now to the flock and fetch me thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, that he may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Look at this. Behold, Esau my brother is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My father peradventure will feel me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and shall bring a curse upon me, and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey what? My voice. And go and fetch me them. So Rebekah is teaching Jacob how to get the birthright from his father and his brother by deception. God's word versus man's word. Look, God's promises are faithful and true. They will definitely come to pass. No matter what man tries to do, it comes to pass. The older would serve the younger. And so I guess in the mother's desperation, maybe they're having, she's had a fight with her husband and thinking that he's gone senile maybe, or he can't remember the promise that God gave when the children came out, she resorts to what? Deception, short-sightedness. She doesn't see into the future. And you know, we're going to look at this this story is going to unfold in a very interesting way as we're going through all these details. But you've got to remember, the promise of God now versus what? Rebecca's word, the mother's word. God's word versus man's word. And she's trying to fulfill God's promise. The older would serve the younger in her own way and in the human sinful way. You know, God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you with children. His wife, Sarah, said what? Not through me. Go sleep with my maid. Trying to fulfill God's promise by adultery. Now God made a promise. The older would serve the younger. Rebecca says, well, I don't know how it's going to be fulfilled. So I got to deceive my husband 
or teach my son how to deceive the father and the brother in order for God's promise to be fulfilled. Do you see that? Righteousness by works is not just so much, I'm going to work, 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 but it's more, I'm going to try to do it my way. The wrong way, but my way to fulfill God's promise. Do you see that? So it's righteousness by works is not just, I'm going to work my way to heaven. I don't think many of us really think like that, but we try to take God's promise and make it ours and fulfilling it in our own sinful human condition. And we don't wait on God, but we run ahead. Rebecca is about to teach her son how to deceive. Verse 14, And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory meat such as his father loved. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, where, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins on the kids of the goats upon his hands, and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. Everything is prepared for Jacob's deceptive act. Verse 18, And he came unto his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless thee. Here is the first time Jacob lies to his father. Who is this? I am Esau, thy firstborn. And Isaac said to his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy as thy brother's Esau's hands. So he blessed him and he said, Art thou my very son Esau? And he said, Jacob said, What? I am. Now he confirms his wrong act. You know, there was still a chance, but he confirms it by lying for a second time to his dad. He says that he's Esau. So by and by, Jacob is blessed by his father. He said unto him, he said, verse 25, bring it near to me and I'll eat of my son's venison that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him and he did eat and he brought him wine and he drank. And his father Isaac said unto him, come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him and he smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said, see the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord hath blessed. Therefore God give thee the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth, and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee, and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren, and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee, and blessed be he that blesseth thee. This really is the blessing that God gave to who? Abraham back in Genesis chapter 12. And it's worded a bit different, but basically the inheritance of the land of Canaan and whoever blesses you, that person will be blessed. And whoever curses you, that person will be cursed. Basically, through you, all nations of the earth would be blessed. Now, 
he gets the birthright that is re reserved just for the firstborn. And he had barely, scarcely gone out for just a short while when Esau the brother returns with the savory meat and he says in verse 31, Let my father arise and eat his son's venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac his father said unto him, Who art thou? And he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn, Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that hath taken venison and brought it to me? And I have eaten of all before thou camest and have blessed him. Yea, and he shall be blessed. Esau comes in only to discover that someone had come a bit earlier and stolen his birthright. And of course, it could only be one person, his brother Jacob. But Esau, of course, he is very angry. And it's very interesting what Isaac says at the very end there of verse 33. He says, And I've eaten all before thou camest, and have blessed him, yea, and he shall be blessed. It sounds like Isaac could not reverse the blessing. But is that true? Could he really not reverse the blessing that he blessed Jacob with? Oh, friends, it was possible. He could have cursed his son, Jacob. He could have. Why? Because, look, when we disobey God, friends, God's protecting care is removed from us. Do you understand that? Do you remember the story of Balaam who tried to curse the children of Israel? And every time he tried to curse the children of Israel because King Balak the Moabite king was afraid and he said, Balaam, please come curse them. Every single time he tried to curse the Israelites, he blessed them. Why? Because God's protective care was upon them. But only when he was able to get the Moabite woman to come in and dance before the children of Israel that God's protection was lifted and a curse came upon them, they were plagued. So, could he have cursed his son Jacob and reversed the whole blessing? Yes, he could have. Isaac, when he said, um, when I bless, it will be blessed, he didn't really mean it in that way that I can't reverse it. But he thought back to what? Genesis 25, 23. When the two boys came out, the promise was what? One people shall be stronger than the other people and the elder shall serve the younger. So look, he remembered the promise now. Now in the time of crisis, I guess you would say, being deceived by your own son, I guess would be a crisis. In the time of this crisis, he remembers the word of God that came to him at the birth of their children. And it's not because he couldn't reverse but he realized and found out and understood that even though Jacob had taken the birthright by deception, that he was probably the best suited for it. How do we know? You see, verse 33 was where we stopped in Genesis 27. It says, I can't, I can't. And Esau's like, oh, don't you have a blessing for me? Don't you have a blessing reserved for me, dad? And he tries. But look at what uh, Isaac says about Esau and Jacob in verse 39. 
it sounds like he's repeating the promise that the Lord gave when the children came out. Genesis 27, 39 and 40. Look at this. And Isaac his father answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth, and of the dew of heaven from above, and thy sword shall, and by thy sword shalt thou live, and shalt serve thy brother. Do you see that? It's a repeat of what God's promise was when the kids came out. By thy sword you will live, and you shall serve your brother, and it shall come to pass when thou shalt have dominion, that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. And so when Jacob, pardon me, when Isaac replies to his son, yea, and he shall be blessed, you know what he was really saying? He was confirming that even though I had been deceived, Jacob was the right person to receive it. Now look, this is really what the blessing is that is talking about in Hebrews 11. By faith, Isaac blessed who? Jacob and Esau. He did it rightly. And he could have turned it around, but his faith beheld clearly the circumstances of the situation, even though he was deceived by his son for him to get the birthright. He could have reversed it. But when he saw the circumstances take place, he realized this is what God wants. You know, friends, sometimes we are in situations where we think, hey, I have to deceive, I have to do this, or I have to do that. Or maybe you're on the receiving end of a deception. You're on the receiving end of a bad situation that has happened to you. Maybe you have been deceived. Maybe people have said bad things about you. Maybe you've been betrayed. Maybe you've been left out or forgotten. You know, and sometimes you think, God, where are you in all of this? It takes an eye of faith like Isaac to realize that God overrides situations for a reason. Jesus died on the cross for a reason. From the human perspective, he got there because he was betrayed. Do you understand that? When we look from the human perspective, we think bad things have happened to me. And Isaac could have seen it from that perspective and said, something bad happened, he deceived me, he deserved to be cursed. But in fact, friends, he did not. He did not curse his son. He did not reverse the blessing. But he, what do you call it? He confirmed it. He ratified it. That's what I was, the word I was looking for. He confirmed the promise that he put upon Jacob. And then he tried to give Esau what was left. What eventually happened to Jacob? Verse 41, Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then I will slay my brother. These words of Esau, her elder son, were told to Rebekah. And she sent and called Jacob a younger son and said to him, Behold, thy brother Esau, as touching thee, doth comfort himself, purposing to kill thee. And so what does she end up doing? She sends Jacob off. He runs off from his own home as a fugitive. And unbeknownst to her, it's the last time she sees her son, her favorite son, Jacob. So he runs off. And um, 
you know, this part of the story, it seems like it's not connected, but I want you to follow along with me, okay? When Jacob runs off, how long is he at Laban's place, his uncle, Rebekah's brother's place? How long is he there for? In Genesis 29, 18, you know, the Bible says here, Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy daughter. And so he served him seven years. And then in verse 25, it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, what is this that thou hast done to me? Did I not serve thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? And Laban said, it must not be done so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week, and we will give thee this also for the service which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. You know what's very interesting? God did not bless him. He did, but yet he did not. You know, he comes out with great substance, right? But yet he's deceived. But just like the very deception that he deceived his father with. Leah is part of the deception as well. Very interesting. She marries him, Jacob, and then later on, Rachel, another seven years for her as well. He's been there 14 years. Genesis 31, 41. Genesis 31, 41. At this time, he's already left Laban's house and Laban catches up with him and they have this conversation. Thus have I, Jacob, been 20 years in thy house. I served thee 14 years for thy two daughters and six years for thy cattle, and thou hast changed my wages 10 times. Jacob was at Laban's house for 20 years, separated from his mom and dad. In fact, Jacob really would not see his parents ever again. And by this time, he returns from Laban's house. Both are already passed away. Do you think he was blessed? Do you think that that birthright was worth it? Probably not. Remember, but the birthright has two sides to it. Spiritual blessing, physical blessing. The father's inheritance and the spiritual inheritance. And you know what's very interesting about all of this? Genesis 32 verses 1 and 2. Did Jacob get the spiritual blessing? Genesis 32, 1 and 2. Jacob went on his way and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw him, them, he said, this is God's host. And he called the name of that place Mahane. He eventually hears the news of his brother Esau coming with 400 men, obviously not to greet him with a good greeting. 20 years had passed, but Esau was still angry at him. And so he passes over the river and he wrestles with God for the whole night until what? Look at this. Verse 25. Genesis 32, 25. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except what? Thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. 
And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. Look, when Jacob ran from his father's house, he took the birthright blessing with him. But for 20 years, he was not blessed. During that time, his wages was changed 10 times, he says himself. He got deceived by who he married. And then within the family, there was constant war between the two sisters for vying for the affections of the husband. And he eventually would sleep with the two to the, the two servants of the daughters as well. He had four wives, 13 children. And even then, his favorite wife, Rachel, could not give birth. Do you really think if you were in Jacob's position that you were blessed? I don't think so. And it was only 20 years later, after he comes out of Laban's house, that he wrestles with God himself and he says, I need your blessing. And it's at that point that God says, now I can bless you. Do you see that? The blessing of the birthright really did not rest upon him in the spiritual sense until he came out 20 years later. One wrong act, 20 years. 20 years of suffering just to make it right. One wrong act, of Abraham, 14 years. And even then you add another, I don't know, I don't know how many years, 13, 15 years when Isaac is older and then God says you've got to sacrifice him. More than 20 years before the test would come again and God can say, I can trust you now, Abraham. One wrong act. You know, friends, we don't discern sometimes the things that we do ourselves put our own lives in a tailspin for 20 years. And sometimes we have the audacity even to blame God. I deceived, but God, why? Why did you do this to me? God didn't do anything to, to, to Jacob. He brought it all upon himself. Friends, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says, Be not mocked. Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. And you know what the interesting situation is? The birthright, spiritual blessing came 20 years later. Physical blessing? Jacob did not even get a single cent from his father. Esau inherited all. Everything that Jacob had, he got it from Laban's place. He fled empty-handed to go to Laban, his uncle's place. And it was there that God blessed him in a sense with lots of flocks. Probably the only visible blessing that he got. Everything else was just a disaster in his life. He didn't really get the spiritual blessing. He didn't get the physical blessing. Did the birthright really, the blessing of the birthright really work? It didn't. He had to be blessed again 20 years later. Do you see that? Everything that he deceived his father for, he really never received. And had he not repented of his sin, even though Isaac, quote-unquote, had blessed him, 
he would not have been blessed. You know, friends, sometimes we are just so short-sighted. We look for the physical blessings. We ask people, people to pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. And, and we think that just this act will change our whole situation and not realizing that the change of the heart is needed more than anything else. We clamor for those things that only we can see and then we use our human methods to devise, and to deceive, to obtain the blessing. When God says, you got to do it the right way. Esau, he got what he wanted. Jacob, only through hard lessons learnt would he realize the blessing of the spiritual birthright. Friends, by faith, Isaac did the right thing. He had the opportunity to curse his son Jacob, but he didn't. But yet at the same time, Jacob had to learn his hard lessons. When we come back to Hebrews eleven twenty, Hebrews 11, verse 20, where we started, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. We see that even though originally Isaac had intended to bless Esau, after Jacob had obtained the birthright by fraud, Isaac eventually saw that God had overruled all the events for good. He was willing to ratify the blessing to Jacob and repeated the prophecy of the angel in his blessing to Esau. Jacob should not have deceived his father to obtain the birthright. And he paid many times over for it. For his own life, his wives, his children, the family turmoil, Laban and how his father-in-law treated him. You know, friends, we need to learn to trust God instead of taking situations into our own hands. You know, our human short-sightedness makes us think that sometimes we know better than God. But even in the midst of this deception, God turned it around for good. But God could not totally bless Jacob until he repented. Friends, God's promises, not all of them, are unconditional. Some of them, there's conditions attached to it. Do you know that? In fact, there are more often than not, the promises of God come with conditions. And, you know, we like to quote, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll be with you. And we like to quote those sorts of promises, you know. But sometimes we willfully leave God. But we like to take these promises sometimes and attach them without conditions, but we fulfill it in our own human way. Not realizing that that's righteousness by works. You see, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, Turn with me in your Bibles there, please. As we are wrapping up here, 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 8. Look at what the Bible says. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. What I mean by that, and how does this apply to the story that we looked at this evening? 
even though we think that wicked men seem to get their own wicked ways and that Jacob was triumphing in his deception. Yes, he had to learn that lesson many times over. But even in his own human way to deceive his father, God's will still moved forward. Today, friends, we got to stop worrying about how people treat us. And when I say that, I mean it for myself a lot. We got to stop worrying about how people treat us. We got to stop getting angry over being mistreated, misunderstood, gossiped about, unrightly judged, defrauded, and in this case, deceived. We got to stop worrying about all these things. Why? Even in the innocency of our own hearts, even when wicked men seem to triumph, God's will still moves forward. We cannot do anything against the truth, but for the truth. What's our part to play in all of this? Only let us learn to be faithful. We're not to sit here and figure out the end from the beginning. What we've got to learn today is to commit our ways to God to make sure that we're not fighting against His will or what His Word says. But let's pray that we can see God's guiding hand in each of our lives. This evening, you might be in an unfortunate circumstance. You might be tempted to blame God. You might be tempted to blame God. Why was I born into this family? God, why did you name me such a bad name? Just like Jacob. It was a prophecy of his life, supplanter. But friends, we don't have to live up to negative situations around us. We can ride above it all if we learn to live by faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. May God give us strength today that no matter through the good or the bad, that we'll learn to hold on to Him, to trust Him, and to follow Him every step of the way. That's my prayer for you, each and every one of you this evening, that God would teach us to ride above the circumstances of life and not allow them to affect us. I'm still growing in that area. And so trust me, when I pray this prayer, I pray it so much for myself as I do for each and every one of you. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, Lord, we are human beings. We are so easily affected by what we see, what we hear, and even some things that we like to imagine about what we think people are saying about us. And Lord, many times we even misunderstand situations because we don't see clearly. Father, help us not to give excuse for ourselves and justify ourselves why we are allowed to act a certain way. Lord, help us to see Jesus who was betrayed by his closest friends, who was rejected by so many more of them. Father, help us to see that even in the midst of all of that, your will for this whole earth was being fulfilled. For even you hid your face from your son on that day. So Father, please help us. Help us to discern you through the darkness and in the light especially as well. Guide us through the thick and the thin.
that we would never let go of you, O Lord, in spite of the circumstances that are around us each and every day. So thank you, Lord. Please strengthen our faith again today. Help us to walk by faith and not by sight. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.